Welcome to the Deep Dive into Agile Marketing Podcast with your host, John Cass. Together, we'll take a closer look at the ins and outs of marketing through an agile lens. You'll learn from interviews with top agile thought leaders and practitioners and gain fresh new insights for your journey. Let's get ready to dive in. Welcome to the Deep Dive into Agile Marketing with John Cass. I'm your host, John Cass, here in Boston, Massachusetts. Today, I'll be interviewing Jim Yule, author of The Six Disciplines of Agile Marketing. Well, Jim, welcome. How are you doing? I'm doing great, John. How are you? Very well, very well. Although I hear that you're just suffering from an accident. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I managed to break my ankle on Sunday. I slipped on some ice and I did some damage to it, but I've got a boot on it and I don't seem to be in too much pain, so I'm doing fine. Well, I'm very sorry to hear that, but let's get back to some salve to soothe that pain by talking about agile marketing, your favorite topic. <laughs> okay. So we go back quite a period. I think it was coffee that was involved. You know, when did we first meet? Was it about eight years ago? Yeah, I think that's about right. It was 2012. As I remember, it was a coffee shop in Harvard Square. My daughter attended Boston University and I was in town to visit her. And it was at that meeting that we first talked about what became Sprint Zero, the first meeting of Agile Marketers, where we drafted the Agile Marketing Manifesto. So uh, that, that was an important meeting. That was an important coffee. That's right. Yes, it is. And that's also a very good coffee shop if anybody wants to go overseas as Harvard Yard. But I think it was a great meeting. And, and you had the idea for the conference. And I really appreciate that because I think it brought the community together physically in a way that we hadn't been together and then it acted as a catalyst for some of the meetups around the country. So really appreciate you coming up with that idea. Well, it was a lot of fun to do both Sprint Zero. And then four years ago, we did Sprint One. So about time we held another one, I think. Absolutely. I think you're absolutely right. The last one, Sprint One, was about bringing the vendors together. So let's talk in the background about perhaps another one. So you have a new book, The Six Disciplines of Agile Marketing. Why the title of that book? Well, John, I was looking for an organizing principle for what I had learned about helping organizations adopt Agile marketing. I've been practicing Agile marketing and, and helping other organizations adopt it for almost 10 years now. And I wanted something that was not a roadmap exactly, because a roadmap is what you can use to get from point A to point B, and adopting Agile isn't a straight path from A to B. Rather, I conceived of it as a set of disciplines that I felt that individuals and teams needed to master. And they could sort of do it in any order, although I do recommend that they start with the first and the second one. And also, I, I conceived of it as a wheel because you're never quite finished. I mean, it's like, you know, the discipline of meditation or something like that, where, you know, you get better at it over time and you come back as you're practice matures. And then after I had the six disciplines, which were to be mastered by individuals and by teams, I realized that I needed another concept and I called that the four shifts because those were shifts that needed to be organization-wide. The four shifts, which are things like shifting from top-down to decentralized decision-making, those shifts are changes in beliefs and behaviors of the people in the organization, which you might call culture of the organization. 
but it was just too long to call the book the six disciplines of the four shifts. So I stuck with the six disciplines of agile marketing. That makes absolute sense. And those shifts sound so important. You know, if you want to hear that, I think that if you don't do those sorts of things, it's sometimes either going to be unsteady in implementation or just not going to happen. Is that why you put those shifts in as well? That's right, John. So there were, there were two things that I was seeing happening. One was that if you didn't have those shifts in beliefs and behaviors, people weren't getting the full value out of Agile. I mean, they might get some value out of holding daily stand-ups, value in terms of communication. They might help with prioritization in terms of things like sprint planning and so forth. But to really get the full value out of Agile, they needed to make these shifts, shifts in terms of where decision-making was, a shift in terms of a focus on business outcomes versus outputs, a shift in improvements over time or continuous improvements over sort of a campaign approach and so forth, okay? So that was the one thing that, to get the full value. And the other thing was to make sure that Agile had some permanence, that it became part of the culture of the organization. What I was finding is that if you didn't do that, then Agile was highly dependent on whichever executive brought it in. And if that executive moved on to another place, then it was kind of almost like the organization wasn't fully inoculated with Agile, if, if I can use that analogy. So you really had to make changes in the culture to make it sort of sticky. So how does the book help with mastering Agile marketing? I mean, I think you've talked a little bit about that in the shift aspect of it, sticking there. But for individual marketers, how does the book help them with that process? Well, it's interesting that you use the verb mastering. I don't know if we've ever talked about this, but I'm a very serious amateur photographer. And lately I've been taking some classes called master class or mastering certain aspects of, of photography. And what I found is that in photography or in agile marketing, you have to get the big stuff right, like the disciplines, okay? And I hope that I've given people some guidance on how to master those disciplines. But I also find that you also have to get the tiny details right. And one of the things that I've tried to do in the book is to contribute a lot of little nuggets that I've picked up over the years, okay? And people tell me from my classes and, and the people that have given me feedback on the book that they find those little nuggets very valuable. And so that's something else that I've tried to do to help people really master agile marketing. And what are some of the case studies in the book? I think marketers, we all seem to be the same in this example, which is, you know, we love theory, but we just want to see what's the practical application. And then we get ideas from those examples. Yeah, I always learn a lot from my clients. Sometimes I think I learn more from them than they learn from me. But there are seven case studies in the book, and I can't cover them all, but let me just highlight two of them. The first case study was with Eric Smith and Katie Lowell. They were originally with Space Saver Corporation, which is a small Midwestern uh, manufacturing firm. And like a lot of manufacturing firms, they had a fairly conservative culture and they had a fairly small marketing team. They'd recently gone down from like 12 marketers to eight, and yet they were being asked to do even more. And so that was a lot of the reason for adopting Agile. And 
Eric and Katie had some really enlightening observations for me. One of the things was the importance of what they would call radical transparency. And what they meant by this is that they went out on a limb with the sales group to show them everything, okay, everything behind the curtain that marketing was doing, good or bad. And, you know, as you know, oftentimes there isn't a lot of trust between marketing and sales. I mean, that's a classic dynamic of lack of trust, okay? And so you might have expected that the sales group would be harsh and critical and, and so forth. But instead, what happened was that sales began to see, one, how difficult marketing was, and two, how hard the marketing team was working to try to help the sales team out. And in fact, the sales group became marketing's biggest advocate to the rest of the organization. The other thing that happened was that the biggest challenge that Eric and Katie faced was not with sales, but it was with their own team. And in particular, as they learned the discipline of validated learning, which is the part of agile marketing, which is a little bit like the scientific method, right? You make hypothesis, you build a test to test out that hypothesis, you, you run the test and you measure, and, and then you rinse and repeat that, right? And so what they found is that their marketing team was really afraid to put a hypothesis out there. They were saying, you know, what if it doesn't work? What if it fails? What if I fail? Okay. And they found that they had to create a safe environment where people weren't afraid to fail and they weren't afraid to put a hypothesis out there. And so they had to really change people's beliefs and behaviors, you know, about them. But that was an important part of what led them to success. I often think that the biggest factor stopping marketers from succeeding or also the biggest factor for the short tenure for marketing leaders is that issue of fear. And that's really what agile marketing provides to us as a profession, which is a method for communicating and getting through that fear. So it's okay. It's okay to talk about how things work and how sometimes they're not going to work, but because you're not doing it in a casual conversation, but there's a formal process, doesn't that mean it makes it easy for people? How do you think people cope with that? Well, it's like almost anything in life. If you want to build trust with people, you often have to show some vulnerability because people won't be vulnerable with you unless you sort of take the, the first step, right? And I think one of the reasons that some other parts of the organization either don't trust marketing, don't believe them, or so forth, is that marketing seems like such a black box, right? People don't understand how marketing really works. And marketers sometimes don't focus on the business outcomes that are so important to the rest of the organization. Instead, they focused on producing content or producing emails or producing advertising campaigns, or I put that generally under the label of content or producing output, okay? And the last thing customers want from us is more emails, more advertising, you know, all that sort of stuff, right? What customers want is solutions to their problems. And what the rest of the business wants is leads and more sales and greater profitability and all the other things that are business outcomes. When you start having conversations with the rest of 
the organization in a very transparent way about what marketing is capable of, and by the way, what it's not capable of, that's when you start really developing the understanding and the trust. And I think that's one of the things that Eric and Katie were referring to when they called it radical transparency. So the other case study that I wanted to just talk about a little bit was an interview with Justin Schrofer, and I may not be pronouncing Justin's last name correctly, so my apologies to him if he hears this, but he is with Deseret Digital Media, which is an internal agency for the NBC television affiliate in Salt Lake City, Utah, and they also run some digital properties like utah.com and I think memories.com. They have a bunch of different digital properties there. And Justin and I had a great discussion about how their adoption of agile marketing helped them during the time of COVID. You know, he talked about how previously they had bought advertising and where they were going to place stuff up to a year in advance. And when they moved to agile, they started doing it more just in time. And that was a big deal when COVID came around because they didn't have a whole back inventory of advertising that they'd committed to. The other thing he talked about was their ability to very quickly pivot to some new products to help customers deal with, for example, the loss of loved ones due to COVID where they couldn't have in-person funerals. Okay? They had some products that they provided customers to have sort of virtual services and, and things like that. So it was a really interesting discussion about kind of a real-world case study of how Agile can help people deal with the unexpected. That sounds great. Well, so what was it like, maybe not writing, but finishing up the book during the pandemic? And I asked that question, having written a book of my own and understanding some of the trials, which are sometimes surprising about what takes time, you know, what was arduous during the pandemic for you during this process? Well, I had written most of it pre-pandemic, as, as yeah. you mentioned, but I finished last February and March, and then I went into the editing process. And as you know, that takes a long time. But my experience of the pandemic has probably been a little different than most people's, I suspect. My wife and I bought an Airstream trailer in the fall of last year. So when the pandemic hit, we still wanted to go see the United States and so forth. We got in the trailer and we were able to quarantine there and, and take our house with us, in effect. So what I tended to do is I would generally write or edit it in the morning, and then we would either drive to the next spot or we'd hike in the afternoon. Anyways, that was my experience of finishing the book during the pandemic. And what's your take on the state of agile marketing in the U.S.? And also beyond, you know, uh, when we set up Sprint Zero in 2012, there really weren't all that many marketers and 35 in a room, I think was probably the largest number in the country at the time. Yeah. So where are we today? Well, on the one hand, I'm very encouraged. I'm sure you see the surveys that are done by Agile Sherpas and Aprimo. Uh, they think they've done their third one recently. And in that last survey, a little over 40% of marketers reported that they're practicing agile marketing and an additional 40% of the remainder, or so say about 25%, said that they were going to adopt agile marketing in the next year. So that's good. I mean, if we could get to 60, 65% adoption by the end of this year, beginning of next year, I feel very good about that. On the other hand, I don't think we have even begun to realize the promise of agile marketing. And in particular, I don't think that enough of the implementations 
are deep implementations of agile. Yes, people are holding standups and yes, they're using Kanban boards or so forth. But if you look a little deeper and particularly if you look at the kinds of things that I talked about beyond process, things like really doing a lot of testing and trying to deeply understand the customer and create what I call remarkable customer experiences and doing the shifts that are necessary to be able to do all those things, I still think we have a long ways to go in terms of the breadth and the depth of adoption in Agile so that we can realize the promise of it. Well, that leads me to a question, which is how has the adoption of Agile in marketing been different from that of development or programming? Well, I think it has been quite different. The biggest difference is that developers were very accustomed to process prior to to Agile and using a methodology. So before there was Agile, there was the waterfall methodology. And before that, there was something called structured systems analysis and design. And there was something called object-oriented design. And I mean, they've been using methodologies for development for 50 years, okay, since the late 60s. Very different situation in marketing. Marketers are just not accustomed to process. Many resist process, saying that it hampers their creativity. And some, in terms of personality, seem to be almost allergic to process. So I think it has taken longer. And I do think it's going to take some time for Agile to go deep in marketing. But I think the benefits, the potential benefits, are probably even greater than they are in development. Well, you talked about this aspect a couple of moments ago about, you know, the state of agile and where we are. One of the things is that I think it's taken longer than it has in the development community because of that lack of history with process. But I also think it's because there isn't an ecosystem of process consultants, if you will. And we've had to grow that. You're part of the industry with your training and consulting and stuff like that. So you're helping to build that. So to me, as an ordinary brand marketer, I think the ecosystem has to be built first, and then that's going to help us segment it. I mean, what what do you think? I think it's a bit of a chicken and an egg problem, right? (laughs) In the, the, the sense that you've got to have demand out there before there are going to be a lot of consultants. And you've got to have a certain amount of training and consultants and so forth before people are going to successfully adopt it. So, you know, there is that, 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 that tension there. The other thing to just remember is that, you know, we did the Agile Marketing Manifesto just eight years ago, and the developers did their manifesto almost 20 years ago. It'll be 20 years this coming February, February 2021. They did have quite a head start, and they probably had more of an infrastructure after eight years, but I'm not sure. I don't really remember what Agile was like back in 2009. So getting near the end here, Jim, but what should marketers take away from the book? Well, the biggest thing that I hope they take away from the book are the concepts of the six disciplines to be mastered and the four shifts to be made in the culture of the organization. But beyond that, I also hope people find some nugget that is particularly useful to them. I always love books where that's true for me. For example, did you ever read Eric Reese's book, The Lean Startup? You know that book? Yes, I did. Yeah. Yeah, it's a great book. And the theme of the book is what to focus on 
as a startup so that you don't waste your two most precious resources, which are time and your initial seed funding. But for me, one of the most valuable nuggets in the book was the concept of vanity metrics, okay? The metrics that make us feel good, but don't move us any further along in terms of the business. And I've always loved that concept and took that away. So I hope that people find some little nugget from my book that they find value in. And, you know, if they do, let me know. I'd love, I'd love to hear, you know, what it is, but I hope they'll also take away some of those little nuggets. Is there a place that people can find the book? Does your publisher have a site or anything? Sure. So you can pretty much find it, as they say, wherever books are sold. Okay. Yeah, the publisher is Wiley and you can find it, of course, on Amazon, but also Barnes and Noble and Books a Million and, and all the local booksellers out there. If you need a link to any of those places, you can go to my site, which is agilemarketing.net. And I have links there, not only to the book, but also to a number of different resources. So for example, there's a 12-week adoption plan for Agile Marketing, which is just one of the, the resources on my site. So uh, and if people want to reach me, they can always reach me at jim at agilemarketing.net. And, and I'd love to hear from them. Well, Jim, this has been great. It's been nice to catch up and learn about the new book. I'm really, really excited for you. I think this is going to be a great book for people's shelves, you know, one of those ones that they have to have. So I'm very excited for you and glad you could join me today. Well, thanks, John. I really enjoyed our conversation. So thanks for joining us on the deep dive into Agile Marketing with John Cass. My thanks to Jim, and we'll see you next time. Thanks for joining us for another episode of the Deep Dive into Agile Marketing podcast. Be sure and subscribe to our show and leave a review to let us know what you thought of today's episode. And if you like what you heard and want to learn more, visit www.businessagility.institute.